Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. Today, Pastor CJ starts a new series, Lessons from the Heroes. Today, Pastor CJ came in character and will speak to you from Abraham's point of view. Hear Abraham speak about trusting God when his circumstances and situations didn't line up with the promises God had given him. Can you relate? We hope you enjoy this message. I am Abraham, the father of many nations, the descendants as numerous as a sand on the seashore. I am the husband of Sarah, the father of Isaac, the one who God asked to sacrifice. I am here today to teach you lessons that I have learned through my experience of walking with God. Lessons to prepare you as you walk with God in this life with Him. Today, I want you to put on your imagination cap with me and take a walk with me. Walk with me as I teach you lessons about life. Life that will guide you and direct you in this journey in which you are on. Today, I am Abraham. If you want to follow along with me, I have to step out of character. You can take out your notes. But Today, I am Abraham to teach you lessons, lessons of life that God has taught me through this journey in which I walked with God. In this life, God said there will be many blessings. But in this life, you will also face struggles, trials, and hardships that will always approach you and come against you. But in the trials and hardships that I have walked through in my own life, I have learned the lessons in which God has taught me. In those lessons in which I have learned, I endeavor to teach you today. The lessons is this. God always does what's right. God will always do what's right. No matter if you don't understand it, no matter how you think God is doing things, he always in the end does things right. God always does the right thing, even if it takes a long time. God always does things, even though it takes a long time. Some of you have given up on your promises because they haven't come to pass the way you thought they were going to come to pass. And you're still waiting on your promise, and some of you are ready to give up on your promise. My lesson to you is don't quit and don't give up on God and the promise that he's spoken to you. God does not run on the same timetable in which you run. You run on a 24-hour-a-day clock. My days are no, they're unlimited. My days and my hours and my time is totally different from yours. God's timetable is different from yours. Do not be discouraged. When much time passes between when God promises something and when he fulfills it, we often act or ask like little children. We can't wait for Christmas. We get so impatient. We get so excited. God, when, when, when? How many of you have ever shaken your fist at God and said, God, when is it going to come to pass? God, why haven't I got my healing? God, why haven't I got my promise? God, why haven't I got my victory? God, why haven't I got those things that you said that you're going to fulfill in my life? God, why? And my encouragement or my lesson to you today is don't give up on God. God's timing is always perfect. We don't like waiting, and we fear that we've been forgotten. 
I'm here to remind you that God never leaves you nor forsake you, that he never gives up on you. You're not forgotten. He calls you the apple of his eye. He calls you the twinkling of his eye. He loves you, and he doesn't cast you as orphans, but he comes to you. And he never gives up on his promise. His promise is always yes and amen. Many times through my life, I would wonder, God, when are you going to fulfill the promises that you have spoken to me and to my wife, Sarah? But God always came through, and he was always right on time. In Genesis 15, God spoke to me about a promise. He took me outside, and he gave me the this promise, and when he gave me this promise, I jumped for joy, and I waited with anticipation of God, when is this promise going to come to pass? Just like many of you, when God spoke to you and gave you a promise, you began to jump for joy that, God, I can't wait, but when, God, is it going to happen? I thought that when God spoke to me about the promise that it would happen the day or the next day, but it took several years before the promise came to fulfillment, and here was the promise. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, do not be afraid. Abram, I am your shield. And he says, your very great reward. And God took me outside, and here's the promise that he gave to me. And I was so excited when he took me out into the promise, and he spoke to me. And I was so excited and overwhelmed that, God, how can you choose someone like me? He said, he took me outside and said, look at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. But God, I have no son, I have no daughter. How could that be? Lord, you're making a promise that you can't keep because, Lord, I don't have any children. Have you ever felt like that? God, you gave me a promise, but God, it can't happen. God, it can't take place. And, Lord, it's impossible. But God is the God of the impossible that takes the little and makes it much. He can take what you see as impossible. He can make it possible. And he says these things, he says, and he took him outside and he told the offspring, and Abram believed the Lord, and he credited to him as righteous. He said, he credited to him as righteous. As you see me, I was so excited that, God, how you can count me worthy. To be, I will have descended as numerous as the sand on the seashore. That, God, how can I be so worthy? When would this promise come to pass? I was expecting it to come to me the next day, even a week or maybe even a year. But it took over 10 years before even one of the promises were fulfilled. And in those 10 years of the promise, you can see the things that I faced during the 10 years before even one promise took place. And 10 years before one promise took place, and some of you would probably give up after a week if the promise isn't fulfilled. Some of you would probably give up if it took a year before the promise was uh, fulfilled. But I took 10 years waiting on the promise before even one of them transpired. And here are some of the things that I went through during those 10 years. I had to leave my family and my country. I left those that are close to me. And I thought, God, how can you promise me things, especially when I'm leaving the people that sharpened me the most, that encouraged me through life journey? I had to separate myself from my family and my friends, the ones that supported me. God, it doesn't make sense. And, Lord, I'm waiting on the promise. God promised to bless me as numerous as a sentence at the seashore. But God, how could that be when I don't even have a son? How can I have this sentence? You gave me a promise. But I have to stand on your word that, God, your promises are yes and amen. 
You know, in the Word of God, it's 148 times that it talks about to remember, remember, remember. Do this in remembrance of me. When we break of the communion emblems, the body and the blood that was broken and blood that was shed, it says to remember, remember even Lot's wife. Remember me on this day. It talks about 148 times about remember. And God wants you to remember, not to forget the promise that he spoke to you. I had to hold on, even though, man, time had passed. And 10 years have taken place. I had to hold on to those things that God's spoken, and I had to bring back to my remembrance that God, your promises is yes and amen. My lesson to you today is remember what God has spoken to you. Many of you watched the show Lion King, and he would, the, the, he would always say to Simba, remember, remember, remember the lessons that he learned from his father about what would transpire and take place along this journey in life. And God wants to bring to your remembrance the promises that remember and don't lose sight of those things in which I've spoken to you about. You see, also Abraham lived through famine. Many of you today are saying, God, you promised that I would never lack anything, that you will provide all my needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Then, God, why are my cupboards lack? Why, God, are things so empty in my life? Why am I lacking financially? Why am I just barely getting by? God, where is your promise now? My encouragement or my lesson to you is don't quit. God never gives up on you. Don't you ever give up on God. Another thing that I learned through my life lessons is that I feared Pharaoh. I was always running from him because he was trying to take my life. He was jealous of me, of how God was elevating me, and I had to run. And I've always had to be undercover. And God, if you were promising me these things, why would I have to be under so much of attack? And many of you, before you get your promise, you're going to face attack because the enemy doesn't want to bless you. He wants to take away those blessings that God has in store for you. So what he does, he attacks you. He comes against you. He bombards you to try to stop you from obtaining the promise in which God has for you. And if that is you today, my lesson to you is don't quit. Do not become weary in well-doing, for at a proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not quit. You see, another thing that I've learned, that I had family conflicts. I had experienced family conflicts. I, I had struggles with my family and in turmoil and all these things that I was going through with my family. That, God, if you're promising me these things in my life, why am I having internal struggles with my personal people that are closest to me? But God said, sometimes you go through these struggles that make your family stronger and not weaker. That make you better and not bitter. And so I had to learn the lesson that in the conflicts, I'm not going to realize that it's not my, my spouse, it's not my kids, it's not this or that that's causing conflict, but the enemy that's trying to bring conflict in my family to divide my family. But I had a hold to the promise that, God, your promises is yes and amen. There's another thing that I had to learn. I had to separate myself from Lot. And if you know the story, I had a lot. We appeared on the horizon, and I said to Lot, you take whatever property or whatever land you want. I'll let you choose first. And we had to separate ourselves. God, you're taking those people out of my life that iron sharpens iron. Why would you take those people out of my life on this journey of the promise? Why would you take those people out of my life? Many of you have probably felt the same way, that you have friends in your life, important people in your life that maybe is out of your life today and you're wondering, God, why? Does it make sense? Lord, the timing of all these things, when is it going to happen? Many of you have probably clenched your fist and shook it at God and said, God, when? 
When is it going to happen? Many of you have given up on your promise and you're ready to throw in the towel because that's exactly what the enemy wanted me to do when I was walking through this journey. But the hardest thing that I faced over all the promises that God spoke when he spoke to me in that day in Genesis 15, and he said, I will have the sun that's as numerous as the sand on the seashore. I still had not a son. God, you must have messed up. Because, God, you didn't understand the timing of all what you said has still not happened. The lesson to be learned from this is that God never gives up, and don't you ever give up. Don't ever give up on what God has in store for you. God never gives up on you. You see, Abraham's lesson, God always and always, his God's ways and sense of time are not like ours. That God's sense and his ways and his timings is not like ours. That's why it says in Psalms 46, verse 10, be still and know that he is God. He is working it out for you. Even though you can't see it, God is doing behind the scene things that you're not seeing or understanding. Just like when Daniel prayed, Daniel prayed for 21 days, and when he prayed, he was not seeing results. He was saying, God, when are you going to answer? When are you going to make this need? When are you going to make this happen? And Daniel, he could have prayed one week, and he could have gave up. He could have prayed two weeks and could have gave up. But he prayed 21 days, and he never lost sight of the promise in which God spoke to Daniel about. And on the 21st day, God sent an angel, Malachi, and he came to Daniel. He said, when you were praying, we were fighting off those things that were coming against you. And sometimes in life, your promise may take longer than you expect. It's only because the enemy may be trying to keep it from you because he knows if you get the promise, it's going to make you deadly. It's going to make you powerful. It's going to bless you and encourage you in this journey. And the enemy wants to steal and take that from you. Don't worry. Be still and know that I'm working out the promise on your behalf. My timing is perfect. My timing is never too early or never too late. It's always on time. My promise to you is your time or your promise is coming. Lesson number two that Abraham speaks is this. God always does what's right, even if it seems or what he says seems absurd. I'm going to tell you, I'm stepping out of costume for a moment. When I was in prayer the other day, and I'm putting the sermons together, and God told me that I was going to be doing this, this is not me. And I'm like, God, no way. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll be obedient, because I know that obedience brings blessings. Amen. So, Lord, you can bless me now. Amen. Because I'm in this gown and feel like a woman. <laughs> I told you I'm stepping out of costume. Amen. I would fit really good on Lake Street right now in Minneapolis. Amen. Hey, ladies. It's just a thriller. You don't know none of that. Amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> but here's what's absurd. In Genesis 18, on your paper it says 8, but it's supposed to be 18. Genesis 18, God is speaking to Abraham. And in the midst of speaking to Abraham, his wife Sarah laughed. And look at what he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, after all, God, why are you doing it now when we're in later of years and we're passing God? Why would you do that to me now? 
Why would you bring about a son or a daughter to me now, Lord, when I'm ready, hey, I'm ready to go into retirement. I don't care about that anymore. I was dishonored because I couldn't have children when the, in, the, in the time when it was right. Now you're going to bring it about because God does things that you can't understand or fathom. And here he was doing something that seems so absurd. And he says, watch this. He said, your wife, your son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Then he says, Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. Wow. God, you're going to do this now? You're seeming to be absurd. You see, listen, God knows the plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but plans to give you hope for the future. And in those plans, it may not make sense to you. And you may not understand. It may seem absurd to you. But you know what? We see today. But God sees tomorrow. He sees the next day. He sees 10 years from now. He sees the plan. Because the Bible says he ordains the steps of the righteous man and woman. And he's ordained your steps. You may not like this plan right now that you're in. But remember, God never gives up on his promise. And your plan could change today. But you have to just be obedient to God. Then he says that Sarah laughed to him herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? That's absurd. You see, I always learned this. Where God guides, he provides. Where he anoints, where he appoints, he anoints. And if God is guiding you and directing you and asking you to step out of your comfort zone or your box, guess what he'll do? He will protect you, he will guide you, and he will direct you. He may ask you to do something absurd. He may ask you to do something that, man, it seems so far out of the box. Because some of you need to get out of the box. Some of you need to get out of your comfort zone, and that's what God is all about. He's in the business of stretching. He's in the business of making you bigger and better for him. You see, lesson to be learned, that the Lord will do the impossible. You just believe. What's the impossible that God is calling you to do right now? What is the big things that God is asking of you right now in your life? You see, in Luke 18, verse 27, it says this. Jesus replied, what is impossible with man, that's you and I, is possible with God. You see, what you hold on to is all you're going to have. If you hold on to it and say, God, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen, guess what? You're right, it's not going to happen. Because what you hold on to is all you're going to have. But what you let go of, the impossible, God can take the impossible and say, okay, God, I'm going to make it possible. I'm going to show you that, Jake, I'm going to make it possible. I'm going to make it possible, Grace, in your life. Bill, I'm going to make it possible because you're letting go and you're trusting me and you're believing even though you don't understand and even though it seems absurd, you're trusting me and I'm going to take that and I'm going to show you the impossible. What are things that you are holding on to that maybe God has asked you to let go of that you seem absurd, that, God, this is crazy. God, you must have had bad pizza last night because, Lord, this is crazy. You're asking me to do this? God would never ask you to do something that he himself wouldn't do. But he wants you to be obedient. He wants you to be faithful. He wants you to be committed to what he calls you to do. You see, look at this. Have you ever done this? I've learned a lesson. Stop looking at the impossible with your own eyes. But look at the possible through his eyes. You see, when you see things through your own eye, you see things in the natural but God takes the natural and he puts it super on it. So that's why things become super natural. When you look through your own eyes, you're only walking through the natural. 
But when you put him, that's the supernatural that God can transform and change things in your life. He can take the absurd, the things that seem impossible to you, and make it possible. I love what it says in Genesis 18, verse 14. It says these words, and look what God did. What seemed absurd the following year. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Ask yourself, is anything too hard for the Lord? If it's not too hard for the Lord, can I ask you this question? Why don't we let go and let God? Why is it so hard for you to let go and let God? You know why it's so hard? Because you want to be in control. You want to be in the driver's seat. You want to be the taxi driver and tell the backseat person where they're going and not you telling or he telling you where you're going. And God says, just be still and know that I'm God and I'm working it out. I'm working it out even though it may seem absurd. And he goes on to say, I will return to you at the appointed time next year. And Sarah will have a son. God took what was impossible and made it possible. Another lesson as we're on this walk today. God always does the right thing, even if we question him. Wow. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever questioned God? I have. I question God. God, why? Why would you ask me to do these things? Why would you give me a son and then want to take him away? Lord, it doesn't make sense. Maybe many of you are questioning God. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? When my little sister passed away at the age of 49, my oldest sister, Rhonda, she was so moved and so shook up about that, that why did God take my little sister at the age of 49? Why? She had a hard time when we were there at the funeral home, and she was just going through that mourning time and that grieving time. God, why? I don't understand. And she was upset, and she was crying. Lord, if you are a God of mercy and a God of grace and a God of love, why did you take my little sister? And maybe some of you are sitting in your pew today wondering, God, why? And you're questioning God. Don't understand the big picture of life. It doesn't make sense. But all things work for the good in those in Christ Jesus. And he's working it out even though you can't see it or understand it or even maybe believe it at this point. You have to trust God because God always does what's right. And he does what's right for you today. Have you ever wondered about his character? God, you made these promises to me. But right now, God, your character doesn't prove to be true. Your character doesn't prove to be the God that heals. Your character doesn't pre- to prove to be the God that really provides all my needs. In my time of famine, I questioned God. God, if you said I'm going to be blessed and I'm going to be a father of many nations, why did God, that I have to go through this famine? This famine was to test me and see if I was going to hold on during my trial and in my testing. And it produced the character in me, and it made me more mature to become the leader that I am today. That's why I went through things, and I didn't understand. But I understand now because it made me a better man and not a bitter man. You see, that's why sometimes you go through things. I, Abraham, had many times when God, I would ask God, what would you do and what are you doing, God? In Genesis 18, verses 23 and 25, Lord, I questioned you. And here he was. Then Abraham approached him and said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people? In the city. And what he was doing, he was standing on behalf of Solomon Gomorrah, and he was questioning God. God, why would you wipe out a nation? Why would you wipe out people? 
Why would you do this? I can imagine, Lord, are you sure? Many of you probably shaking your fist at God right now. God, why? And you're questioning, why me? And we sing that song, what have I ever done? There you go, Murray. He knows him. He's a jukebox. What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare their place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do that. God, that doesn't make sense. What he began to do is Abraham began to question God's character, God's love, God's mercy, God's understanding. Sometimes you may not see the light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes you may not see the complete picture. But God said it will come together fearfully and wonderfully. He made you fearfully and wonderfully. He will do things for your life, even when it doesn't make sense and when you want to question God. Such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do it right? What he was he doing? He was questioning God. And many times we do the same. We question God. I, Abraham, tried to make a deal with God to try to help and to please others. And a lot of times, you know what we do? Instead of pleasing God, we want to please others. And because we want to please others so bad, like myself, I wanted to please others and messed up the plan that God had for my life. I was listening to wrong voices. Wrong voices were making wrong choices. And because of that, I was getting derailed from the promises that God had for my own personal life. A lot of times what we're trying to do, we are trying to appease people, to impress people, to make people like us and to accept us. But God says, you accept me first. You trust me first. You believe in me first. Stop questioning. Stop doubting me. Stop being the doubting Thomas and start walking in faith. And when you do, I will begin to show you the plans that I have for you. A lot of times we get derailed because we're listening to people instead of me, instead of God. God wants you to listen to him. Have you ever seen the movie The Longest Mile with Burt Reynolds in it? Burt Reynolds was at a point where in his life he was frustrated, and his whole emotive was he, he was going to try to take his life. And what he did, Molly, he, he swam way out into the ocean, swam way out there. And his whole intent was to take his life by drowning. And finally he swam way out there, and he got way out there, and he turned around, and he looked, and he seen that, man, he was so far away from shore. And all of a sudden a panic came over him, and he started pleading and treading water, God, 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 if you spare my life, I give everything to you. And he started swimming back. He stopped and he realized he was three-fourths of the way and getting closer to shore. God, God, if you spare my life, I'll give you three-fourths of my life to you now, God. Lord, I'll give you three-fourths. He started swimming back and, man, he got halfway, stopped again. God, hey, God, if you spare my life, I'll give you half of my life now, God. I'll just give you half of my life. He was questioning God. He was uh, making a deal with God. Lord, if you spare my life. He was a fourth of a way. Lord, I, hey, Lord, I'll give you a fourth of my life. If you, if you save me, Lord, help me to get to shore. God, oh, God. He finally gets on shore. He said, oh, God, by the way, I take back everything I gave you. And that's kind of like what we do a lot of times with God. We play let's make a deal. God, if you do this, I'll do that. God, if you will do that part, I'll do that part. Lord, whatever. But God says, listen, 
I'm not here to make a deal with you. The deal I already made with you is I gave my son and I laid it down for you. That is the deal. The deal is that you give your life now to him and then he'll make your life transform. He'll change you. Stop trying to make a deal with God. You see, a lot of times what happens is, listen, God says, believe it because he always does what's right. And it may not make sense to you right now. And maybe you're ready to throw in the towel, and maybe it doesn't make sense. But always let me encourage you as we're on this walk together. I, Abraham, encourage you to remember that God does what's right always. He always does what's right, even when it doesn't make sense. God does what's right. Another lesson I've learned along this life that I want to give to you is God always does what's right, even if we do not understand. The greatest test I faced is when God asked me to sacrifice my son. Genesis 22, verses 1 and 3, was one of the hardest moments of my life. That here I was just so excited about the new birth of my son. That, God, you've given me now a glimmer of hope that now maybe I can go and start building the, 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 the sentence as numerous as the sand on the seashore. That, God, that I can become the father of many nations because now I have a son that can take upon my name. And it can also be my, my, my seed to, to, to help go forward in my lineage or my family heritage. God, you're finally giving me that hope or that glimmer of promise. Now, Lord, listen what he says. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. Test it. Test it. You know when God is the quietest? When you're taking the test. The teacher teaches you for the test. And once you take the test, that's when he's quiet. And right now, maybe some of you are in the test of life right now. And you're wondering, God, where are you? I don't understand. I don't hear your voices because you're taking the test. And the test is, are you going to pass it? Are you going to throw in the towel? Are you going to quit? Are you going to give up even though you don't understand? Look what he said. Here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son. And look at how he even emphasizes it. Your only son. My only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Morah. Sacrifice him there as a brunt offering. On the mountain, I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of the servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the brunt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. Can you imagine that? Think about this for a moment. God, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. You've given me the promise... It even took longer than 10 years. And now you're going to take it away? Let me remind you that God's gifts and his callings are irrevocable. So when God gives you something, let me remind you, he never takes it away. What he does, he wants to test you in the gift of your calling to help you further in that gift or your calling. And what that did, this was a test to see if Abraham was really going to be obedient to God along this journey. So what did he do? He went after Abraham in the, be the best and the biggest thing of his life, his son. 
And sometimes God will test you to see if you're willing to give up what is so dear to you and what you're willing to give up. Then God says, listen, that's my son and my daughter. They're willing to give that up. And because they're willing to give that up, now I can use them in bigger things. Because what you hold on to is all you're going to have. And, Lord, I choose, Lord God, today to give up those things so dear to my life so that you can be magnified in my life and use me the way you desire to use me. So let me ask you, what are you holding on to? What are you holding on to that is so dear that you can't let, really let God into in your life? What are you afraid of? God will never lead you down a dead end. God will lead you down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He'll never lead you down that dead end. And a lot of times we think God is doing that. Have you ever said, I don't understand? I, Abraham, did. Why, my son? It didn't make sense. It appeared to go against God's promises to make the father of great nations. God, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Lord, what are you doing? Lesson to be learned. The secret to walking with God. You must trust and obey. Wow. I, as Abraham, had to learn that lesson, to trust and obey, for there is no other way. To obey is better than to sacrifice. Deuteronomy 28 says that obedience brings blessings. Disobedience brings curses. To obey is better than to sacrifice. What is God calling you to do? In Genesis 22, verses 11 and 12, look at what God did. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Watch this. This is so cool. Now I know that you fear God. Wow. Now I know that you fear God because you're willing to sacrifice that which is dearest to you for my sake. Wow. Because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. I know that you fear God. And from that moment forward, that's when Abraham began to walk into his blessings that's when Abraham became the father of many nations. That's when Abraham became a friend of God. That's when God called him his trusted servant, his faithful servant, is when he began to be obedient. If you want to be considered faithful, then you must be willing to be obedient. You see, there's some encouraging words that Abraham speaks here. And they're on the screen. It's Abraham's words of encouragement. And my words of encouragement to you, number one, is this. Perfection is not a prerequisite to begin God's work in you. Perfection is not the prerequisite for God to begin his work in you. You see, God doesn't look for perfect. God looks for imperfect. Hey, buddy, good to see you today. Friend, he came at my house, never met him before. I'm stepping out of character. For, came at my house before, never met him before. It's 730 in the morning, knocks at my door, opened up the door, said, who are you? He said, who are you? He said, I heard about your church. Got to come check it out. Freaked me out. There you go. You know what God does? God doesn't look for perfection. He looks for imperfection 
so he can make you perfected. He looks for imperfected so he can make you perfected. That's why he says in Philippians 1.6, He who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus our Lord. You see what God is doing every day you're under construction. Every day God is tweaking you. He's perfecting you. And sometimes in the times of perfection, it hurts because he cuts away this. He may cut away that. But he does that so he can make you perfected and better. And some of those things that he cuts away in your life, you want to hold on to. You want to hold on to. They're sacred to you. But God says, no, I have to cut them away or remove them from you to make you even better. To make you even better in your life. You see, listen, God looks for the imperfection to make you perfected. Encouragement to you, stop worrying about your past, your failures, and your sins. They are behind you. Your future awaits you. What makes, what matters is when you walk with God, what matters is when you walk with God, your character becomes more like God. My second word of encouragement is this. God's blessings are never earned. Some of you tried to earn my blessings, and some of you try to earn God's thing, but he said, it's not by works that you've been saved, but it's by grace. God just wants you to come just as you are. God doesn't want you to work out your salvation. God wants you to accept your salvation through him. He wants to forgive you, set you free, and some of you are walking under, man, just a heaviness of sin in the past, but my encouragement to you is this. God wants you just as you are, and as you come, the blessings and the favor will follow. I, Abraham, leave you these lessons today. Stop worrying about when and how the promises will come to pass. Just trust me and know that I am God. I must leave now. And I leave you those lessons that you will walk in the encouragement of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. We here at Adventure Church would really love to hear from you. You can connect with us online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram by using at Adventure Church Siren or check out our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com.